Hey, this is Willie West, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Check that out. Welcome to episode number 21 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week is a conversation with the legendary vocalist of The Meters, Willie West, discussing his new album, Soul Sessions. Also, part two with Sarah Morris, talking about her new album, Here's to You, plus music by Dilly Dally Alley. I'm your host, Mark Sterry, and thank you for supporting live and local music. What's up, folks? This is Sophia Spiegel from Dilly Dally Alley, and you are listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Hope you enjoy.
That was Dilly Dally Alley with their new song, Give Yourself Up to Yourself, from their 2023 album, Make You Whole. Interviews coming soon. Next up, I talk with the lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, funky bands, The Meters, Willie West, about Minnesota, New Orleans, and his new album, Soul Sessions. Afterwards, check out his new song, I Got the Blues. Willie West, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today, Willie? Oh, beautiful, man. Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. We have a you similar know. real good friend, I think. Who? Dan Neal. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite guitar players, too. Yes, he's one of my favorite guitar players, one of my dearest friends in the world. How long have you known Danny for? Oh, it's been a few years now. I, you know, I met him when he first played on my first session at uh, uh, in Savage. Okay. At the studio there. And that's John Wright's studio, right? Yeah, the studio that John worked at, yeah. Do you perform live at all with Danny? Uh, we do, The first time I did a live thing was the other night that we did the uh, record release thing. How did that go? That went beautiful, man. The guy sounded great. And I'm highly appreciative of all of those guys. They're all great musicians, man. They sound wonderful. Nice. Did you have a good turnout? Well, it was fair. It was, you know, uh, I would say it was nice as far as I'm concerned. That's have good. anybody coming out, you know, <laughs> it's nice. Did you get rid of some of your CDs? Yeah, we, we managed to sell a few. That's outstanding. That's, yeah. What's the name of your kitty sitting behind you? Oh, that's uh, Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. I have a dog by my yeah, foot right now and a cat sitting up there. I'm an animal <laughs> animal lover myself. Yeah, well, she's spoiled. She's spoiled rotten. <laughs> spoiled. So how does it feel to have your album, yeah. The Soul Sessions, finally done? Yeah, finally, huh? I'm just I'm excited about it. They're doing a wonderful job on promoting it. That's great. So you started that yeah. in 2008, that project? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. So we've they've been sitting on it all that time. <laughs> well, we, you know, we didn't uh, get it out like we were supposed to, so we put it on hold for a while, and now it's coming full front. When did you track the vocals? When did I? When did you just record the vocal parts? I, I did the vocals with uh, we did the vocals the, the night of the rehearse at the at the gig at the studio. I mean, we re, when I first recorded it, that was the vocals tracks for the album. You mean? Yeah. We yeah. Well, we you know, I I just rehearsed it with them the other night to do the gig, and we did it did at least three or four of the songs from the album, but uh, I. It was already recorded, you know, years ago. Oh, so. you recorded the vocals years ago, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I gotcha. Um, what's it, do you like, how'd you get hooked up with John Wright at that studio down there? Oh, through Ken, Ken Austin, Ken Onstead. Uh, he was, he, he hooked me up with the whole situation. And believe you me, bunch of swell guys. Oh, that's you great. Know? Yes, indeed. So how did you pick your songs for the album? Well, some of these songs I, I had been doing on gigs. 
you know, in, you know, in the past I had been singing certain songs, and I decided that uh, I should record these songs. So that's how I do to pick those kind of songs. So the the song "Dust My Broom" is one of my favorite blues songs of all time. I, I'm a huge blues fan myself. And it seems like everybody under the sun, including myself, sings that song. What do you think about that song makes it so timeless and to make people want to cover it? And also, who's your favorite version of it besides yourself? My favorite version of it is Elmo James. He was the one that I liked. I liked the way he played the the slide guitar like you know so Elmo James was my favorite one also he did that one but I also liked the, the, the Skies Crying yep I don't know. Yeah, that's one of my favorites and, and several others but those are the two that I really like because I sing those on gigs It you Hurts Me I'm Too thinking. is one of my other favorite ones by it's Elmore a, James It Hurts Me Too oh yeah It Hurts Me Too yeah that's another good one. Well, I yeah. like, uh, um, I'm trying to, oh, I can't think of one of my favorite blues guys. This is one of the coolest versions of Dust My Broom I've ever heard. Uh, Luther Allison. Oh, yeah? Oh, I never heard him do that. Oh, he just screams it. It sounds just incredible. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to dust your broom? That's, a, that's an old saying. Uh, my, you know, my old folks back in the day, they, they would say, dust my broom. You take an old rug or something and you put it out on your front porch and you beat it with the broom and all the dust comes out, sweep the dust off, you just dust my broom. That's, that's, that was my interpretation of it. Wow. You know, dust my broom. I believe I'll dust my broom. You just stop talking, just get your broom, go out on the porch and just sweep the dust off, you know, beat the dust off of the blankets, the quilts on the, on the porch, you know. That's that's what my my interpretation of it. I gotcha. So where are you from originally? Well, I'm from a little town uh, about 40 miles west of, of, of New Orleans. But I, you know, I, I moved to New Orleans in the... In the early '60s, after my first record came out, and I moved to New Orleans. But uh, other than that, that's that's called home for me. But you know, after the storm, you know, after Katrina and all of the stuff went down, I, you know, me and my wife decided to to move on up here to Minnesota, and because uh, she had a job offering up here, and it was pretty good for us so we decided to get on up from there you know I'm tired of moving here and there from every time the storm comes every year we had to worry about whether the tornadoes or the hurricanes going to come and you know that kind of stuff it was just frustrating to me I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore ripping and running jumping in and these lines of cars trying to get out of town every time it's time to leave. And it just, you know, I just got fed up with it. And I said, I'd just move somewhere else. But up here, it's, you know, it's like cold as, you know, 
it's, it's cold when it's cold. It's cold. You know? It's cold. But, uh, yeah, and I snowy. Mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but I always tell tell my friends, you know, like in this in the spring and summer, it's it's like God's country to me. You know, in the spring, in the summer, it's just so beautiful and so nice. And I see little old people, little old ladies, and old folks walking. In fact, they live long up here. You know, everybody lives to be 90 to 100 years old, it appears to be. Because I see old ladies walking on the walk path. You know, they've got to be in their 90s and they just be walking fast as they can, you know. And I said, well, this is, this is where I want to be, you know. It's because they're tough. Back. Yeah, you know. Very tough. Have you, yeah. so how long did it take you to get involved in the Minnesota music scene from coming up here from New Orleans? Well, it didn't take long. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Because I went out, I went, I searched out the, uh, the, the music places like to the barbecue place in, in the city. Dave's barbecue, I went there and I met, met up with good friends that I met like Paul Metzler, you know, and he he was in charge of bookings over there. So he finally, he hooked me up over there at, at Famous Dave's. And from then on, I was moving around to different clubs, the, the, um, Dakota, several other clubs, you know. And it was, you know, I got, got into it pretty quick. Met, you know, a lot of the musicians that hooked up with some guys here in St. Cloud, Leon Lautenbach and his band, and he and I got really tight, and, and I've been working with him in his studio and doing a lot of stuff here. So that's how I hooked up with a lot of them. Then I, I branched out with a lot of the musicians, you know. But, uh, this is this is the place to be, as far as I'm concerned, for my, for my career. That's outstanding. Yeah. What uh, Do you play out quite a bit? Well, I, you know, after the after the virus, I, you know, I had slacked up gigging, but after the virus, I, you know, I I was off for a while, and I just started. My wife said, "You need to be getting back in the studio." So, I hit myself to the position where I must start writing again and all this. You know, I was kind of like laid back and not too interested because I, had, you know, I got frustrated with the whole scene. You know, even the New Orleans scene, I'd gotten frustrated with it. So I decided to just, you know, when I got up here, I just left it alone for a little while. And then when I connected with these friends, I started doing a lot of gigs around the area. Outstanding. That's great. Um, yeah. What's your songwriting process when you write songs? Do you come up with, do you have an instrument and sing along? Or do you write your lyrics first? Or how do you go about your, what's your songwriting process, Willie? Well, I, I do it in a very simple form. I I got a little tape recorder, and I pressed down on it, and I hung on a hum a bass line, and you know whatever. Then I'll come back and I'll do the, a vocal little vocal part of the song, and then from then on I just started start the writing, and I come up. I usually come up with my own music. Myself, you know, I come up with the bass line and the drum beat for myself, you know, like beating on my knees, 
you know, and I, I do it like that and on my little bass line, sort of like you would say my Michael Jackson used to do that. He, you know, he'd hum bass lines and stuff. Well, this is basically what I've, I've done, you know, all of my time of writing material, you know? And yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Michael Jackson, I believe, did do that and stack his vocals up and and wrote by through his head and and making noises yeah. and creating beats and and that's what he that's, did. Yeah, well, that's basically the kind of stuff that I do. You know, who's some of your favorite songwriters that you kind of look up to? Myself, of course. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just kidding. But uh, I, I got a bunch of people, being, you know. Friends, you know, like I, uh, my friend that played with the Meters, uh, Joseph Modalesti, the drummer, he's a good writer, man. He writes beautiful songs, great songs. And Leo Nocentelli of the Meters, great writer, songwriter, and guitarist. You know, so these are the kind of people that kind of impressed me as for writing because I've done some of their songs. Not, I think they were well put together, you know. But uh, I have a whole bunch of people. Vandross, Van, Luther Vandross was one who wrote some great songs, and I was one of the greatest, Smokey, Smokey Robinson, and on and on and on, you know. Hendrix, <laughs> of course, you know. So these kind of people were influencing over me. Or for writing songs and, you know. So the Meters are one of my most influential bands of my life. I love really? the Meters. I It's one of my favorite bands. I was just listening to them today, along with your new record today, The Soul Sessions. And uh -huh. so do you mind telling us how you hooked up with the Meters and what it was like to work with Leo no Centelli, and also what was your favorite meters songs to sing like one of my favorite ones is cabbage alley from their 1972 what's some of your favorite meter songs singing how would you hook up with that band well when uh the meters were, was about to go on saturday night live and the the, the brothers that was working with them which he, which is art or you know he's a the, the original of the meters and he, he and his little brother was was in, in the band, you know, with the meters. And they decided that uh, they didn't want to have any more of it. So they decided to, to go off in, with their brothers and form the Neville Brothers thing. But at that point, they they did not uh, do the gig, to do the TV thing with uh, the Saturday Night Live thing. So they had to, they left, it left them scrambling to find a singer and, you know, just that and other, but they couldn't reach me at that period. So what they did, they went on. You know, it was very good. They, they did a good job. But uh, they, then they reached me after that. And then I joined. This was like in 73, somewhere in that area. And um, guys, you know, all great guys. I love them still. You know, they're still my buddies. But, uh, they, you know, they decided to hook me up with them. And the, the drummer, actually, he kind of pushed it for 
on a, on the front burner. Yeah, we want to hire Willie, you know, and that was it. So him and Leo and George Porter and they all agreed to put me in. So that's when I started working with him. I worked with him oh, several years, and I we we started an album which we never finished. It's, it, we did about six six or seven songs on the album. And it's not really finished, but it's great, great material in which we are waiting. I've, I'm, I've been trying to get them to put it out, you know, as the meat is featuring Willie West. But uh, we had uh, some kind of dispute about that. So we just, they're just sitting on it right now. So we'll see what could come of it in the future. Hopefully it will, and because I think that I think the songs are all top grade, up to date stuff. Even now, if they put it on air right now, it'll break forward to the charts. <laughs> it'll go right up to the charts. But we just need to get our heads together and get the right kind of deal. Of course, we've had deals offered, but it wasn't sufficient enough, I think, to get anybody really interested. You know, did you contribute to the songwriting on those sessions as well? Well, I contribute to. I wrote one song along with them with them on that. You know, called funky music, and uh, it's 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 really awesome. All of the songs are awesome, really. I've got the blue 
Take a minute or two to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, ID Chrysler Zumbrota and the BDL Club. I can't tell you how much I love my new Jeep Cherokee X I got from ID Chrysler and Zumbrota. I loved my 2016 Jeep, but this thing, I feel like James Bond going down the highway, especially this Memorial weekend, dodging traffic, all kinds of stuff. I can't tell you how much I love that car. Please go down there and talk to the staff. Check it out. Monir. The folks down there are outstanding to work with. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at ZabrotaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zabrota, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zabrota today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out on that open road in a new damn ride. Also, the BDL Club, the BDC 2100. Oh my God, did we have fun at the mini golf tournament last weekend. We raised $1,000 to put kids through dog camp for Canine Inspired Change. Thanks to all the folks down there that participated. It's one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The Beak Hill the B Dale Christ is located on the corner of County Road B and Dale and their motto is a place for family a place for friends a place for fun and that is a stone cold truth 
Natalie, Shelly, Dustin, the entire bar staff, the state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation of choice is the the screw-up, I think, invented by Tony at Shoreview. Uh, they're to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, tasty little devils. Live music, pool table, pool tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball Thursdays, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Well, not today because I'm recording this Memorial Day, but tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. Next up is part two of my conversation with Sarah Morris discussing her new album, Here's to You. Afterwards, check out a new song, Ruthless. All right, so let's talk about your new album, and maybe talk about some key tracks folks should sure. look out for where you tracked it and maybe some inspiration behind why, how you started this all up. The whole kind of story, yeah. if you don't mind sharing with the listeners in a nutshell. Oh, mm-hmm. the nutshell. Okay. So I tend to decide it's album time. What will happen is I'll write a song and I will say, oh, that's the title track of the next album. And summer of 2021, August, the last prompt was pin up for that summer session. And I wrote this song called Here's to You. And I was like, oh, that's the next, that's the next album. It's time to make an album again. And so there were three songs at that point that I knew I wanted to record one is track one, Here's to You. One is track two, You Are, Champagne on a Wednesday. And then one is track five, it's called You and I. And the song, the album started with the, the idea of those three songs feeling very, like they're one-to-one conversations. All of them feel that way to me. Um, two of them have references to like, getting dressed up and they both all three of them sort of have a oh gosh how am I gonna like I'm trying to think how to explain it they just to me they just felt like playmates is I guess what I would say and mostly that's in that form of it's like you and I that's an intimate conversation here's to you you are champagne on a Wednesday so they were like these this story in my head and I could see them as a triangle and so at that same summer um Dave Mailing, who produced the record, he'd been in the songwriting group. So I'd been watching his songwriting process, really, really, really admiring what he was putting out. And he'd also released this album, Beach Boy, that I loved. And so, and I knew he'd produced that album. And so I asked him if he'd ever thought about producing, you know, would he be open to producing an album for me? And so we started with a single, You and I, which is track five. And we went into Salon Sonic Studio, which is Holly Hansen's studio at the time it was in St. Paul. We went in in December of 2021 and we recorded to try that as a single. And he, David said, well, since we have the studio book for the day, bring in a cover song just in case. And so we brought in, you might know, I, I just want to dance with you. It's John prime, but then George Strait made it kind of famous or maybe famous or maybe more, more popular, I guess. Um, and so we recorded that and gosh, everything was just so much fun. Dave already really knew my bandmates well. Thomas Nordland, Andrew Foreman, Lars Eric Larson, they all go way back. 
So, and I didn't, that was the first day I met Holly, but she made me feel very, very comfortable. Her space was great. So we got the single back and we got the John Prine thing. And we actually released the John Prine song as a single, a separate single, and I made a music video for it. It was so much fun. So then I, after we were done mixing those two things, I said, well, Dave, can we make another session and like make a full album? And so we went a year ago, this upcoming week, May 3rd, May 4th, May 5th, we went into Salon Sonic Studio again with Holly, same cast of characters. So it was Dave Mailing, Thomas Nordland, Lars Eric Larson, and Andrew Foreman and myself. And we did all the, the bass tracks for a six of the songs. And, or, and by bass, I mean, we laid the foundational tracks and I did some of the vocals. We made really good use of those three days. And then, um, the next like five months was spent five to seven months where I would go to Dave's house once a week or once every other week for like 70 minutes. And we would do, um, little, if you listen to the album, there's like tons of layers of vocals. And so that's what we would do at that session. And then, once that was all done, I was like, there's still these two other songs that I think belong on the album. And so we went in to River Rock Studios in November of last year, which is kind of my home studio with Eric Bloomquist. Um, I've recorded many albums there and Eric is like family to me. So we did a session on my birthday, recorded two more songs and uh, then we called it, you know, called it done at some point in there. And it was really fun. In the past, I've done a lot. I've called in a lot of friends and a lot of favors to have guest harmonies, guest fiddle, things like that. Uh, what was different this time is it's just the five of us the whole time. Everything is just the five of us. And so all the harmonies are me singing, probably too much Sarah. And Dave is kind of a multi-instrumentalist genius. So he put all sorts of cool things on there. Yeah. Very cool. I'm anxious to hear the whole record, that's for sure. So as far as your songwriting style goes, mm -hmm. do you start, do you write, like, say, Elton John and Bernie Toplin, do you write, like, a poem or you write a story or a song and then add music to it? Or do you take a guitar, do you write a melody first, or do you do it both at the same time? Or how do you write your songs? So generally, everything comes at once. And usually how it works for me is that I'll get the first line and then I'll get the second line and then I'll get the third line and we'll go that way through the whole song. I will wrestle with them. You know, I mean, it will be like kind of a push and pull to get through the first verse, maybe, you know, listening, refining. I definitely move things around Rubik's Cube it all up until before I move on to the next piece. Often I'm doing this work in my journal in the morning or as I run through the woods in the morning. And then I don't pick up my guitar till things are pretty formed. Really? So you're so, writing it like in your head? Uh-huh. The melodies and everything? Yeah. That's awesome. It was interesting because this past weekend when we were driving home from the... Um, you know, it is, we all write, I only know how I write. You only know how you write, you know, like, it's like, I just assume everyone's doing this. And so on the way home from the country music awards, I was in the car with three really good friends. You might know some of them. And if you, Bull Doyle Turner, Ted Heineshevitz and Matthew French. So it was prompt Sunday. So we had committed, we were going to write a song. And so we wrote a song while we were driving 
was very safe. Matt was driving and he didn't touch the instrument. The rest of us played guitar. We all sang, whatever. I have a minivan. It works out really well. But I didn't grab the phone to record anything. And, uh, and you know, and at one point Doyle's like, are you just, you're just remembering all of this. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That's just how we do it. Like, <laughs> you know, but it's not how everyone does it. But I do. I do it all in my head. And to that end, I mean, sometimes when I'm writing like over days, I will invoke my phone. You know, I'll get things down on my voice recorder. I do use that a lot. But in the in the heat of the moment, you know, I usually just kind of like keep digging at it. I'm doing all the great gestures for you, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, as I start up on some songwriting, so I'm just interested how people go about doing their songwriting. I haven't put out an album in a long time. I'm just wondering how I'm going to go about doing it. So it's fun to talk yeah. to songwriters. And I, I was a songwriter for a publishing company in Nashville for 10 years. Right. And so it's like, I just haven't done it in so long. I write a lot of riffs and stuff. I'm really mm-hmm. into like, like 80s, like funk, like the Morris Day in the Time style. Seriously, and it, I know it's just kind of weird, but I do a lot of one-man band stuff in that style, and I'm trying to figure out how my lyric, my lyrics, and are just going to sit over that that makes sense mm. to my age, my demographic, my everything without sounding like an idiot. Mm. So I'm just wondering how I'm going to go about doing that. Well, it's probably okay to sound like an idiot for a little bit, and then just like you know, that might be part of the process. <laughs> I think it is for me. I mean, I definitely, you know, any t- so you did a lot of co-writing, I'm guessing, if you had a publishing deal in Nashville. I did some. I really didn't do all that much. Yeah, I definitely did some for sure. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how good I was at that. I had a few songs. I did have one song signed that way I wrote with a guy named uh, Mike Pozar from Nashville years ago. But uh, I did sure. most of my stuff was solo, actually. Oh, cool. I co-writing such a like a different skill, you know, but when I do co-write and if I'm with someone new, especially I'm like, here's the deal. We're going to make all kinds of nonsense. I'm going to, I'm going to say real dumb things and I need to know that it's safe. You know, like I need to know it's acceptable that I'm going to say real dumb things. (laughs) Yeah. I just, it's, it's like, I guess mine is more like subject matter. Like if you're talking about more stay in the time, it's a lot about yeah. partying and, you know, lusting after chicks and stuff. And it's kind of like, so how can I sing that or do like that, that feel of that music, real funky mm-hmm. and bass runs and yet lay some different type of with lyrics Mark's over that. And it's, yeah. So like, even with like blues music, I do, I perform a lot of blues and rock, but I have yeah. a hard time if I'm sitting to the guitar singing some country song or whatever that's a little easier for me i've done that but but like laying on a kind of a different type of music where does my lyric stuff sit in that that makes sense so it's it's actually kind of fun and i'm i'm working with it sounds kind of fascinating yes i'm that's just my little puzzle in my brain i'm trying to do it so i'm recording all my shows and like like i i can do like these one-man band versions like morris day in the time songs and it sounds just like it or like an acoustic one-man version with all kinds of instruments going and whatever that i loop live but i just the lyrics are not really how um I don't think I should write lyrics like that. I think I should kind of like find my own way to lay that on top of that groove. 
So I'll keep yeah. you posted. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I always think with songwriting, the deal is you just got to tell the truth. Right. And so it would make sense to me that your truth would be very different than Morris Days in the Times. Probably. <laughs> you know, I think that's probably true. But um, but I don't know that your truth wouldn't be just as funky. You know, like that you couldn't sing your story to, to that style. Yeah, I might. I have a few singles out I've done the last few years that are in that style. I've done it. Um, cool. Just whatever. Anywho. Yeah. Well. No, it's fascinating. So, yeah. So, Sarah, thanks for being on the show. Looking for uh, your CD release shows, May 5th at the Ice House. Anything else you want to plug real quick? Oh, gosh. I have a lot of fun shows this summer. So, if you can't make the Ice House, uh, stay tuned to my website. There's going to be all kinds of cool things popping up right now. I'm not putting any of them on the website cause I want everyone at May 5th. But then after that, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of good things. Um, there'll be some music videos. Emily Havoc is opening the release show. And I think that's really spectacular. She's one of my favorite songwriters in town and singers. Uh, yeah, I have this show called toilet tunes that airs every Friday at noon on YouTube. That's a great thing to plug because we'll have, when is this coming? When is this episode airing? So I release them the second and fourth week of every month. So this will probably be in two weeks or less. Oh, so after my release show. Yes. I have to look at the calendar. Yes. That's fine. Okay, so I'll have like four more episodes of Toilet Tunes when this comes out, probably, because nice. we're going to take a break for summer. But I think that's a great way to have your lunch on Friday is to hang out with me and uh, another musician in the in the bathroom. In the bathroom. That's right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Your calloused fingers, my calloused heart, I bet you earned your lack of feeling by working hard while I have been this way since the start. Your eyes are closing, mine don't blink, your breath is slowing down, exposed.
home this week's episode of the minnesota music shakedown is another song by one of the featured guests this week willie west with another new song called said to myself big thanks to andrew crowley from organica recording for assisting in post-production this has been the minnesota music shakedown if you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar please go to patreon.com forward slash mark Sterry music if you like what i do check out my brand new website Everyone check out my new website, MarkSteryMusic.net. For song or artist submissions, please email me at MarkSteryMusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.